Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. I tell you, one of these weeks, that's going to break down into a dance-off. It's going to be great. This side's going to be throwing down. That side's going to be stepping up. I don't know. Those both sound like they're movies, right? Step up, throw down. It's going to be dance movies happening all over this place. And somewhere there's going to be like, you know, a, a, a janitor who's like, my real calling was always to be a dancer. They're going to throw their mop down. They're going to start. It's just going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. And then Martin's going to be there with his camera capturing it all. Man, I'm so excited for that day. It's going to be fantastic. Hey, we're in a series right now. And uh, pretty excited about this collection uh, of thoughts and talks that we're sharing called Undivided. We're starting this year with an undivided heart. In the, in the book of Psalms, chapter 86 and verse 11, it says, God, give me an undivided heart so that I don't sin. Give me an undivided heart so I don't miss the mark. Last week, if you were here, we talked about what it is to have mixed motives and miss the mark. You know, with the best intentions, if you start mixing your motives, no matter what you try to do, it's like you miss that mark. And what it is to miss the mark is to miss the plan and purpose God has for you. He's got a specific, beautiful plan for your life. Do you know that? God has has obedience for you, and to obey his plan leads to blessing. And so he's saying this, this, the poet's saying, come on, God, give me the type of heart that doesn't just see what you're asking me to do, but can follow through on it, an undivided heart. One, one translation puts it this way, unify my heart. How many people know that your heart gets pulled and tugged in a lot of different directions? Come on, any feelers in the room today? Got some feelers in the room? Man, earlier this week, uh, earlier this week I was shopping and, uh, and I, I, I go grocery shopping. Once a week, I, I take whichever of my kids happen to be home at the time we go grocery shopping. And so most often, that's done at some point in a school day, and, and Zion stays home with Mama, and I take Oakley with me. Oakley's my four-year-old. We go shopping. And uh, we got our list, and, uh, and we go to Superstore. Any Superstore shoppers in the place? All right. We go to Superstore, and uh, we, we kind of know the ley line. We go to Superstore for a few reasons. One, it has everything. Okay, you can get your cosmetics, you can get your clothes if you need to, you can get some, some motor vehicle equipment if you need some, some motor oil, and, uh, and then you can go get your food. Second reason is we go because they come with cookies, okay? You get a free cookie if you're under 10 at uh, a superstore. It's true. You have never gone shopping with an under 10-year-old? Clearly, if you did, you would know that you, the kick, cookie's unmissable. Okay. Now I go so frequently that no matter which of my kids I bring, no matter what age they might be, they're hooking us up with a cookie for each one of our kids. Okay. Teenagers, doesn't matter. We get free cookies at Superstore. We also go to Superstore for a third reason that at Superstore, whenever you spend a certain amount of money, you get a free item. Okay. Everybody likes free stuff. Are you with me? It's amazing. It's amazing the time sometimes you come and, uh, and the free item you see it and you're like, oh, I, would, I never in my life would have picked that, but this is awesome. I just got an organic cereal pack with, with like flavor packets. What is going on here? I just got a brand new case of hangers, <laughs> completely free. And, you know, I got a crock pot. I didn't even need a crock pot. I got a free ham. We're making ham tonight. It's just that it's like whatever they have too much of, they throw in there, okay? 
And, uh, and so whatever that free item is, Oakley, he always wants to be the one to show that off. We get home, he's like, can I go show mom the free item? And sometimes I'm like, you can, but you're not going to get much excitement because this free item is not the favorite free item, okay? This free, like, we got a case of hangers. That's not a very exciting free item. Sometimes those free items are real exciting, okay? Sometimes it's like boxes of candy. It's like, oh, we, you got packages of Starburst for free just for spending a lot of money at our store. So we got lots of reasons we go to, to Superstore. This particular day as we were going through Superstore, uh, you know, Oakley and I were always chatting. We're always talking. And I usually tell him the next thing we're looking for, and then he's on the lookout. Now, I know where it's, well, I know where it is. And if he, if he misses it, I just sort of slow down a little bit so he can see it. Are you with me? I'm like, are you sure you don't see the apple juice anywhere? He's like, no, Dad. I'm like, really? Even Here, why don't we just back up again? Let's try this out one more time. And then he's like, I see it, Dad. I totally see it. And I'm like, oh, man, you are the best. You're amazing. This particular day, however, Oakley, he, he had a little bit of congestion, okay? A little bit of congestion, and this congestion was, was causing his ears to kind of plug up. Anyone you ever been there before? And with the most sincere heart, like he was trying to hear what I was saying, but I would say something to him, and he'd be like, huh? He's like, he's this far away from me. He's sitting on the top of the buggy looking back at me. I'm like, hey, Oakley, you know, the next thing we're going to get is, a, is some lettuce. Can you look for lettuce? He's like, What? lettuce huh and I'm like man he's sincere he's trying he just can't hear as clearly as he'd like to like he's trying he, he, he his efforts there he, he's got a good and even around the house I've been like hey Oakley Oakley it's time for dinner Oakley Oakley it's time for dinner oh hey hey Oak and then he's like yeah dad and I'm thinking man that's the fourth time I've called you but with the happiest smile he, he looks as though he's like, man, I'm quick to obey. I'm listening. I'm ready. What do you need, Dad? Because his ears are plugged, right? He just can't hear so clearly. So, so we're at, at Superstore. We, we got everything on the list. You know, we, we got the cosmetics. We got the motor vehicle oil. We got some clothes. We got some books. We got some, some wrapping paper so that we're ready for next Christmas. Get it when it's on sale. We got some food. We got the free item. I think it was a turkey. So we went, we got that turkey. And, uh, and we get up to the, to the front. We got our free cookie, of course. Oakley's eating his free cookie. I'm like, is that a good cookie? Huh? Is that a good cookie? <laughs> hey, Dad. You too. He's trying. We get up to the, to the, the counter. And, and Superstore does this other thing. They give you the free thing. They give you the free cookie. But then at the till, they try to, they try to sell you with something real quick. They throw in something you didn't, you'd never want. And like, do you want the deal of the week? And just because it's a deal, you're like, ah, maybe. Well, what is it? You know? And, and you can tell it's something that they just overstocked. They're like, today, this is the deal of the week. So this particular time, she goes, would you like the deal of the week? I said, well, well that depends. What is it? She goes, it's Q-tips. So I think we're good. I don't think we need, I mean, Oakley might be able to use a Q-tip right now, but I think we're good. And I said to her, I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Thank you. And she goes, sorry, would you like the deal of the week? And I'm like, man, you can't even hear me. What's going on? Maybe you need the Q-tips. It's interesting. There's, there's times you get to the, the till and in the rush of emotion, I mean, you, 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 it wasn't on your list. It wasn't what you were looking for, but you're like, oh, yeah, it's a deal. I'll just get it. We need more AAA batteries one day. Throw them in there. It's amazing how quick our hearts can kind of be stirred up by things, right? Like sometimes busyness makes us make decisions we'd never normally make. 
Sometimes fatigue, right? You're like, man, I would never choose this if I was at my best. Sometimes we make weird decisions just because of the crowd we're with. Like we start laughing at something we don't find funny, but laughing is a social construct. So we're like, <laughs> this isn't funny. This is just tragic. This is terrible. <laughs> right? We find ourselves sort of like moved by the, the crowd that we're in. Sometimes we make decisions or our heart gets stirred by it, like boredom. We're like, I just haven't done anything new for a while, so I'm in. Whatever it is, it's going to be a, a yes right? Sometimes our heart gets stirred by stress, where we have like factors in our world that aren't falling together the way we want, so we get more controlling over every decision, or we, or maybe we back off because we're stressed, and so we make no decisions. It's amazing what our heart can do. So today, whatever reason you came here today, I want to I wanna speak a short little message called Q-tips. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down, Q-tips. The book of James chapter 1, turn there with me if you would. James chapter 1, uh, starting at verse 2, it says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. But if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding any fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, get this, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from God. Such a person is double-minded and is unstable in all they do. Jesus, over the next couple minutes, I pray that you would speak to us by your word. I pray that you'd bring stability to our lives where we sometimes find ourselves double-minded, that you'd make our hearts undivided, that though, though trials come and go, though situations, circumstances change around us, that we'd be the type of people walking in stability and walking in the provided wisdom that you offer. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Consider pure joy when you face trials. What's James saying? He's saying that there will be conditions you find yourself in that you don't particularly enjoy. They're called trials. There will be conditions you find yourself in that would lead to those things like exhaustion and fatigue and boredom and frustration and peer pressure. There'll be conditions you find yourself in that don't feel very comfortable to you. When you are in those conditions, consider this mental state of mind. God is going to use this circumstance to make me a different person. God is going to mature me in this circumstance. God is going to use this particular frustration or trial to make me more, more, more mature if I can persevere through it. Someone say persevere. Like if you can just get through it, God's going to do something in you. Now, now someone here, you're like, but I don't think I can. Like, truly, I don't think I can make it through it. For those who don't think they can make it through the trial, the only thing missing for you is wisdom. That's it. It's like, I can't see a way to navigate through this, but God can. God has promised he will work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. 
So even in that trial you're in, even in that frustration that you find yourself in, even in that busy season you find you're in that, that, that has you fatigued and worn out, God has a way to help you navigate through that and use it to make you more mature and more like him. You say, but I don't see it. I can't, I can't even imagine it. I can't even picture it. Why? You lack wisdom. You lack wisdom. You see, in retrospect, we can look back at seasons we walk through and say, wow, look what God was teaching me through that season. But in the time, you're like, I'm learning nothing. I just hate this. And the interesting thing is, like, we look for wisdom most often from uh, what we can just observe others doing. We're like, well, other people seem to be going through this. It's like the friend who comes along and says, hey, it could be a lot worse, right? You think it's bad, could be worse. You know, or they, they start comparing you to other people. Like, look what they're going through, and they're still happy. Why aren't you happy? Well, well, there could be a whole lot of factors for that, but one of those factors would be that I'm not that person. We're different. And things that frustrate me, they actually like. And things that wear me down actually energize them. It's amazing. This morning as we, we set up, we get here at 8.50 in the morning. It's an amazing team that comes together. How do we do that? This room is wide open and all the gear is locked in a trailer. And at 8.50, team shows up and we start working. And I bring in some donuts. So today I brought some donuts. They said, How, what donuts do you want? I said, give me an assortment. I'm not a donut eater. They all look the same to me. And I brought out the donuts and they're all different. And I open up the donuts and I say, hey, you want a donut? Amazingly, almost every person says, nah. I'm like, just have a look at it first. After they look at it, like, okay. Okay, okay. It's amazing. All different donuts. And almost to a person, everyone was like, ooh, the best one. And they took the flavor they prefer and said the best one. Ariel this morning said this. Do you think people will hate me for taking the best one? I'm thinking in my head, Ariel, this is the sixth donut taken. Five other people came and looked past that donut. They're not mad at you. They're not even thinking about that donut. They didn't want the honey cruller. They took the fritter. They took the Boston cream. They took the sprinkly one. You know why? Because we're all different. We like different things. We prefer different things. We crave different things. And we find different things frustrating. So you can try to look at someone else and say, what can I learn from? They made it through. How come I can't make it through? The truth is God is the source of perfect wisdom. So if you find yourself in a circumstance that seems impossible, the best place to go would be to ask God. The best place to go is say, God, give me wisdom to make it through. Now, he may use some people around you to help bring that wisdom. He may just drop it in your heart, which would be amazing. He will certainly use his word to back it up and give you something to do, but he'll give wisdom. It says, ask, and God gives without finding any fault. I think one of the reasons we don't ask is because we disqualify ourselves before we ever do. You see, here's one of the faults we would say. We're like, well, I should already know better. Why would I pray about this thing? I should know better. Why, why, why would I ask God to give me wisdom for this trial? I got myself into it. I got to get myself out of it. That's what my parents told me. See, the truth is we disqualify ourselves off and we say, I wouldn't qualify for God's wisdom. But the Bible's saying this, God doesn't find fault in fools. Because that's what a fool is, right? Someone who lacks wisdom. So where we are foolish, ask God, and God won't find any fault. Imagine how that would go. You're like, God, I, I don't get this. I'm confused. He's like, seriously? Serious? Seriously? You don't get that? Wow. Wow. 
Well, if you don't get that, you're not going to get anything. God starts for you. He's like, hey, just remember last summer when you did that thing? Yeah, like now you're paying for it, and I'm not going to give you an answer because you deserve this. No, that's not what God does. He finds no fault, and he gives, the Bible says, generously, meaning he'll give you more than you thought you needed. Sometimes we ask God, just give me the first step, like just the first little thing. No, God's going to give you more than you need. More than he's going to give you strategy that will feel almost wasteful. You'll be like, I got so many ideas going on in my mind, I don't even need all these ideas. That's the way God gives. He gives more than you need, generously, without finding any fault. He pours it out into your life. I, I think God is looking for the person who asks good questions. He's looking for the person who would simply pause and say, I can't do this. One of the most true statements you could ever possibly make I can't do this. I can't do this. See, that's what Jesus says of us in the book of John. When he's talking about, uh, about the, the, the type of blessing or fruit we could bring from our lives, it says this, apart from me, you can do nothing. One of the truest statements we could ever make is when we get to the end of ourselves and say, I can't do this. Just got to add that little line on my own. I can't do this on my own. I can't do this on my own. I'm going to have to turn to God right now. We want to be the type of people who look to God as a first response, not a last resort. Who as soon as we find ourselves coming up to the edge of what we already know, uh, the edge of our experience, now that's the point in time where we don't start looking for worldly wisdom. The Bible says later in the book of James, it says earthly wisdom, man, it, it's, it's demonic. And, and I'm, it's not saying this, under every rock and behind every tree, there's a little demon waiting to get you. He's got a pitchfork, he's got little horns, but it's saying that it's empty. It's empty. It's deceptive. You can try to figure things out on yourself, but there's a way that seems right to a man. In the end, it just leads to death. It's all dead ends. But God can navigate you through situations if you would simply ask. If you'd say, God, I lack wisdom. Would you help me out? And without finding any fault in you, he comes alongside and says, yep. Says this, but the person who asks, they have to actually believe and not doubt. The one who doubts, oh, I mean, that person's not going to get anything. See, this, this word belief and doubt, they speak of term. They speak of longevity. They speak of duration. They speak of, ultimately, perseverance. In the moment of asking, everyone has belief. I mean, by asking, we're, we're uttering belief. God, help me. Okay, we're asking. But he says this, the one who believes has to not doubt. What's doubt? It's I believed five seconds ago, but now I'm crashing and burning. I believed last week, but, but now I don't feel it anymore. I believed it when my emotion was in the right particular pH balance and temperature, but now conditions have changed and my belief is down here. I'm doubting. The, the Bible says that person, man, they're, they're like waves. Because waves, what, like what happens? The water level's up here, and then the water level's down there. It's the same body of water, only, only separated by a few seconds. But that type of person who believes when the emotional conditions are right, and then their belief goes down as soon as the emotional condition changes, that type of person is unstable, the Bible says. They're inconsistent. What is it saying? It's saying this, that the person who bases their action on their emotion is going to always be tossed around like wave. Man, it, like an emotion-based person who makes all decisions based on emotions will always make the same decision as long as their emotion always stays the same. 
But it never does. Come on, it never does. Emotional people, you know what I'm talking about. It never does. Maybe we could just get control over that piece and make sure that everything always felt the same way, then we would be able to make the same type of decisions that would lead to the same types of results. But the fact that conditions change mean that, that our emotions change. And if we're the type of person who says, I believe right now because there's a band backing me up and the atmosphere in the room is just perfect. Man, I'm like, I, I could do anything right now. And then as soon as there's no backing track and as soon as they're all, they're like, oh, man, I can't do this. That type of person, the Bible says, is actually unstable. There's a lack of stability. Or I would say this, they have a divided heart. Their heart is swayed by their emotional circumstance. Their heart is manipulated by the conditions around them. The sad reality is that if we make all our decisions based on what we're feeling in the moment, there's no way of possibly knowing how we're going to make decisions because we can't even anticipate our emotions, can we? Like, like we can maybe in certain broad strokes, like whenever I get around that person, ooh, okay, we can anticipate some, but we can't always con- anticipate every condition, every condition that would sway our emotions. So here the Bible says this, in the midst of whatever you're going through, there's joy to be found if you can, can follow out godly wisdom. If you want to follow godly wisdom, it's going to take some time because maturing happens over time. Maturing happens over time. So you can believe it in the moment, but you have to believe it after it gets difficult too. You have to believe it after you say, well, I, I did that thing once. Why do I still struggle? I've always had addiction. Today I said no. Why is it that tomorrow I have to say no again? I already did that. Hey, you got to continue to believe and don't doubt. God will give you enough strength to say no again today. And tomorrow, should the temptation arise, he'll give you enough strength to say no again tomorrow. And hey, I've already said I forgive you to that person but now a couple months changed. I rethought through what they said, and I remember a new nuance to the way they said I can't believe they said that. Come to think of it, I, I got to go tell them. Why? You have to follow it through as your emotions change. You have to follow it through as the echoes of past experiences keep hitting up against you. And that person, if they would simply believe and not doubt, can actually be matured and completed in every circumstance. Man, there's a certain safety that comes in that. Come on. There's a certain confidence that comes in that. We say, I I have no idea how this is going to turn out, but I know how it's going to turn out. Like, I don't know how it's going to do it. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I know at the other end of this, I'm going to be a better person. I know I'm going to have deeper faith in God. I know I'm going to have learned a new lesson, and, and by God's grace, he might even help me teach this to other people. So let me give you a couple of tips, all right? Some Q-tips, if you will. And how do we do this? How do we do this? You see, the truth is, for you and I, we are in control of what we allow into our lives. You are your best confidant. You share things with yourself that you'd never speak to anyone else. You're the gatekeeper of what comes into your life. You're the gatekeeper 
of the, the things you give the most influence to. So let me give you a couple of, of tips if you would go with me over the next couple of minutes. Later on in the book of James, it says this. Turn here with me. James chapter 1 and verse 19 says this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all the moral filth, all the evil that's so prevalent, and humbly accept the word that's planted in you, which can save you. Everybody should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Everybody. Man, we got to be better at responding than reacting. Emotional people react. They feel something and they just, I got to let it out. Whatever. Emotional people, they just shut down. Maybe that's their reaction. As soon as it's something I don't like, I'm out. Maybe you, uh, maybe you live with that person. Maybe you are that person. Emotional people, they lose it. They come back later and say, hey, I'm sorry for losing it. But they always lose it. Hear the Bible saying, hey, just everyone. First Q-tip, if you will, quiet. Quiet yourself. The Bible says this, take note of this. You can only take note of something if you stop for a minute. Quiet the distractions. So I want to challenge us. Let's quiet ourselves. If we're going to be the type of people who won't be double-minded, flip-flopping as the emotional roller coaster and waves come, as the tide comes in on our emotions, we don't want to be that person, then first of all, we need to be quiet. You'll notice that the first tip, tip starts with the letter Q. Quiet yourself. All right, all right. Quiet yourself. Quiet yourself. Take note of this. Before you speak, because there's some words you can never unsay. There's some things that will lead you down a path you never wanted to be on. There's some people every argument you've ever had is about something you weren't even upset about, but you just started talking down that way. You reacted, and now you're trying to fix a problem that didn't even have to be a problem if you had just, shh. He says, his brothers and sisters, everybody, should be quick to listen, slow to speak. That's says slow to become angry. I think what the Bible's trying to say is slow to let your emotions dictate. Anger could be one of them. There's other emotions that could start to take the lead. The Bible says, hey, don't let those emotions take the lead. Feel things, feel them fully. I, I love in the, in the scripture, in the book of Romans, it says this, in your anger, just don't sin. Feel angry. You go ahead, feel as angry as you want. Don't sin when you're angry. Feel that emotion. Let the emotions roll. Just don't act on them. So first of all, we need to be quiet. Just listen for a minute. Then it says this. It says, remove all the moral filth. Remove all of it. This word is interesting. This word I want to point out if I could. First of all, it says the word all, which would imply that uh, comparison is not the best way for us to live. 
because potentially we could just use comparison and say, I'm a pretty good person, right? If I just compare my behaviors against behaviors I assume others are thinking, because I know what my motives were, and I don't know their motives. I just see their actions, and so I know I'm a good person. Compared, to, If we do that, uh, it says, hey, for you, remove all the moral filth. And the reason I'm doing this is actually the word literally means a, a, a large amount of earwax. That's the only other way it's used in the Greek context. Moral filth here, it's talking about earwax. The Bible says this. You need to remove the things that make it hard for you to hear. You need to get into your life and start removing the influences that are making it difficult to hear. It builds up. When there's a little bit there, it builds up. If you don't tend to it, you find yourself with less sensitivity to hear what is true. So remove all of it. Get out that Q-tip and take care of it. Remove the moral filth that's so prevalent so that you can hear. Tip number one is be quiet. Tip number two, question. Question your emotions. Question your emotions before you react, before you speak. Question, what am I feeling right now? I, I've, I've heard it taught this way. Before, before you react, before you speak, first you got to think. Think. T, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? K, is it kind? If the things you're feeling don't make it through that test, as you question the things that you're feeling, the, the, the thing you're about to do, just stop. Is, that, is what I'm feeling even true? They probably hate me. Is what I'm feeling even helpful? Because there's some things that are true, but they're not helpful to ponder, right? Like you look around the room, you're like, I'm the only person in this room. That is what's true. But if I just sit here and think about how alone I am, it's not going to help me at all. I probably need to set my mind on different things. The Bible says whatever's true and noble and pure and lovely and praiseworthy, think on those things. So there's some things that are true that are not helpful. I used to do the following things. Cool. It is not helpful for you to ponder those things all over your head again. Is what I'm thinking about inspiring? Is it leading me towards better action or is it pulling me back from the best action? Is what I'm thinking even necessary? Am I worrying about things right now that I can't even control? If so, what are you doing? What if next year I run out of money? Is that necessary right now? Truly. Is that necessary? What if one day I do something and someone doesn't like it and then because they don't like it, this happens? Whoa! And then lastly, is what I'm thinking even kind? Because sometimes there's things that you're like, well, it is true, and it, is, it does seem like I should think, but is it kind? There's a kinder way to think about that thing. The hope that comes from God is always going to be kind. The conviction that, that God stirs up in our lives is kind. The Bible says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, not beating yourself up. Not, man, I can't believe I did it again. I did it again. Come on. Get better. Get smarter. Get strong. What are you doing? Here you are doing. Stop it. Be kind. Like That's not the tone of voice God would speak to you in anyway. So be kind. 
Number one, quiet yourself for a bit. Just listen before you speak. Number two, question the train of thought that your emotions have you on. Number three, quote scripture to your emotions. Come on, somebody, quote some scripture to your emotions. Oh, man, I'm never, yes, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Man, everyone's out to get me. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm so afraid right now. But God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. My life is going to end up terrible. No, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God has come so I could have life and I could have it more abundantly. This is going to end up terrible. No, God works all things together for good. My sin has separated me from God. No, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Right? Come on. We're victorious in Jesus. Quote some scripture to yourself. Before you you act on that emotion and find yourself double-minded, waves that toss around on the sea, unstable in your decisions, let's continue to believe. So shh, be quiet. Question what this train of thought is on. And if that train of thought does not line up with what is true, begin to quote what is true. And don't stop until you believe it. And don't stop until you stand on it. You say, Pastor, I don't know if what I'm believing is true. Then get in the Bible and find out if it's true. Because if what you feel doesn't line up with what the, the, the Word of God says, what you feel is not trustworthy. What you feel is not true. It's beautiful when it aligns perfectly. You're like, I'm feeling it and it's true. Hey, that's a good place to be. But if you can only have one, Build your life on what's true. Build your life on what is true. Then lastly this, to quiet yourself, question the train of thought your emotions are taking you on. Quote scripture to yourself. That's one of the ways you can remove things that, that, that cause it hard to hear. And then lastly, qualify what you've heard with your actions. Like, like let, let it be that you've highlighted or brought quality to what has been spoken to you by actually doing what it says. So I feel one way. The Bible says something different. What are you going to trust? See, here it says this. James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, don't merely listen to the word when you're quoting to yourself. Don't just listen to it and deceive yourself. Do what it says. Like, actually follow through. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in a mirror, and after they look at themselves, they go away and immediately forget what they look like. What an interesting word picture. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in all they do. How many people believe God wants to bless you in everything you do, every aspect of your life? I believe in 2019, as true as it has ever been, God wants to bless every area of your life, that you'd be blessed in your relationships, that you'd be blessed in your studies that you'd be blessed in your, your workplace, that you'd be blessed in your mental health, that you'd be blessed in your physical health, that you'd be blessed in your home, that you'd be blessed in the workplace, that you'd be blessed in your entrepreneurial ideas, that you'd be blessed in new strategies, that you'd be blessed in new character development, that you'd be blessed in new giftings you didn't even know you had. God wants you to be blessed in all you do. And who receives that type of blessing? The one who actually qualifies what they've heard with action. Says, I don't just hear it, let it go in one ear and out the other. You go, I read my Bible for the day, I quoted some scriptures, so here I go doing whatever I feel. But they actually follow through on what the Bible says. That person will find themselves maturing through any trial. No matter what you're going through, God wants to bless you through it. Not just to, not just to get you through it, 
but to cause you to be blessed through it. Do you believe that? Everything that you face, God wants to see you blessed on the other side of that. I believe that with all my heart. I'd love to pray with you today uh, that we could experience that type of blessing. See, the perfect law, this right here, gives us liberty. But liberty and license are different. Liberty is the freedom to live within the principles of God. License is just giving free reign to the flesh. God's not looking to say, just do whatever you feel. He's saying, I want you to know how much freedom there is in obedience. I want you to know how much freedom and care there is in doing life the way I've called you to do it. Because in that, in that way, no matter what you're going through, you can be matured and complete. That's pretty exciting. There's a lot of joy in that. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Ask God. And the asking part simply needs to persevere. It needs to last over time, not like a wave that's here again and gone tomorrow. No, no, no. Perseveres. How do we do that? We quiet ourselves. We start questioning the thought processes that lead us towards the actions that we keep on doing. We quote some scripture to it. And then after we see what is true, we qualify what is true with our actions. So I'm going to actually do that thing. Bring some quality to what I believe. I don't just want biblical quantity. I want actual real life quality that I'm standing in the truth that God has given. Blessing is an inner prosperity of your soul regardless of your circumstances. God wants you to be blessed in all you do. Would you bow your heads with me? We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church Podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.